The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We talked a little bit about this uh, quality of waking up into what is already happening. And I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the quality of attention and the distinction between that and mindfulness. So uh, the awareness, the mindfulness is the recognition of what's happening while it's happening. That's kind of a rough working definition of mindfulness. And we often, I think, in some ways confuse or conflate the, the, the aspect of attention with mindfulness, where attention is how the mind is directed or the quality of the directing of the awareness. So there's the awareness part and then there's what that awareness is directed to. And in some ways, the the initial instructions in meditation are very much around using that attention to cultivate the quality of awareness. It seems like we have, in some ways, more access to that attention quality. It's, there's an intentional aspect around attention. And we can choose what to pay attention to. I think you all can agree with that. We can kind of direct our attention. We can say, okay, put the attention here. Pay attention to the breathing. Pay attention to the sensations of the hand. Pay attention to the hearing. So that's the aspect of attention. And I think sometimes we also confuse the doing of that with the mindfulness. That if we are not directing attention, then we are not Mindful. I think there's sometimes that confusion in people's minds. Now this aspect of attention is present in mindfulness whether or not there's a uh, conscious choosing of directing the attention. The awareness is attending to something. Whether or not we consciously direct that attention. So the moment of remembering is kind of a good place to to see this. Because in that moment, because we're coming out of being lost, we haven't consciously chosen either to be mindful or to pay attention to something. It's, it's simply a, an arising of awareness in the context of some experience and the awareness is attending to something. Is this making sense? Are you understanding this distinction? <laughs> okay. Um, and part of the... Um, The, the, the growth in particular in mindfulness in daily life is learning how to recognize what the attention is already doing. 
because the attention is kind of scanning the world. Our attention kind of takes in various things, even when we're not consciously saying, pay attention to this, pay attention to that. And when we can kind of ride that wave of attention, we can start to learn things about how our minds uh, do things. We, we start to see, I mean, that attention, when we're not consciously directing it, is often directed by our habits and patterns. So, you know, many of us have this, uh, or we all have this kind of proclivity towards some pattern of of kind of a personality pattern. And in Buddhist psychology, the personality patterns are generally around the three aspects of greed, aversion, delusion. That, that we, we tend to orient, each of us tends to orient fundamentally towards wanting things or not wanting things or kind of spacing out around things, not connecting to things. And that proclivity... Uh, kind of orients us in a way towards pleasant or unpleasant or just spacing out and not connecting. So, for instance, in walking into a room, you might tend to have the proclivity to notice what's wrong with the room, what you don't like about the room. That, that is kind of an orientation of attention based on kind of a habit or pattern of mind. Likewise, with, uh, with, you know, you might have a, a proclivity for going into a new space or going into a space and noticing what's pleasant about it, what you like about it, what you're drawn to, what you'd like to have in the room, what you'd like to take home with you. Again, that, that's a, the attention being directed to experience based on a kind of a proclivity in the mind. And so when we're not consciously choosing, I'm going to walk in the room and pay attention to the carpet, the, the, the general proclivities tend to be what directs our attention. So uh, learning how to see where the mind, where the attention is pulled or what the attention kind of gets directed to as we uh, are mindful is a great support because what we, what we find as we watch this process in our minds is that you know, you're sitting here kind of paying attention or just being aware and then the, the mind gets pulled to the sound of the motorcycle or the car, something driving by. And if you can watch this, if you can watch how the attention is moving where the attention is kind of taking in or directing towards an object, often if you don't notice that movement, then what will happen after that is that you start thinking about that motorcycle and then you start judging around the motorcycle and then you start creating a world without motorcycles. (laughs) 
So the, the ability to hang out in mindfulness and watch, you know, kind of just take an interest in, without any conscious directing of the attention, okay, now I'm going to pay attention to my breathing. Oh, now I'm going to pay attention to hearing and kind of consciously directing the attention. Without consciously directing that attention, you'll find that the attention kind of flows to various aspects of experience. And if you can track that flow of attention in awareness, in mindfulness, you can, um, it, it kind of can keep you here in a way, because uh, if, you, if you're not tracking that flow, then you end up lost in the world without motorcycles. Because if you're not noticing where the attention gets pulled to, and you're kind of consciously trying to keep attention in one place, and you miss, this is a kind of a way that, that um, views work in a way that we think, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this, and we miss the fact that something has arisen that the mind is attending to that's not that thing. So carpet, I'm paying attention to the carpet, and, and the, the attention gets pulled to the motorcycle, but because we have this idea we're attending to the carpet, we don't notice that it's gotten pulled to the motorcycle. So there's a practice around this that can support the ability of uh, our minds to kind of track this way that attention is pulled or that attention is picking up experience. To kind of just... This is, this is pointing in the direction of what is called choiceless awareness. Rather than choosing what to attend to, uh, consciously attend to, we see what the awareness is already attending to, kind of in a natural way. Just, what does the mind do when I just hang out and watch it? It can be a little, a little bit disconcerting if uh, we're used to directing attention. It kind of feels like, well, I, that means I don't have control. You know, so it can feel a little bit uh, scary to, to enter into that space. But you'll find that the mind does pay attention to things. It's like you don't have to choose what the mind pays attention to. And it can be very illuminating to explore this kind of awareness. So um, I would like to today do... A, a, an exercise around exploring this aspect of how the attention moves to see if you, if you can touch into this. And many of you have done this, this exercise before. Um, and it is an exercise in pairs that is called Mindfulness Out Loud. Um, and I'll just describe it and then we'll do it. Now this, just to say a little bit about this, this exercise, it's, um, it's not meant to be any kind of a self-revelatory kind of thing. It really is just about the bear, what's happening moment to moment. So you don't need to feel like, um, you know, even if a thought arises around uh, something that you feel if a thought arises around something that you feel kind of personal or protective about, 
You know, there's no need to be revelatory about that if that's what's, what the attention is drawn to. All you, all you need to, set, to, to acknowledge is thinking has happened. So just, just to hopefully calm a little bit, because I know that anytime I mention something about exercise in pairs, people don't like it. But I'm hoping that it, this is such a valuable tool in terms of, especially in terms of daily life practice, that um, I, I really like to engage in this, have people engage in this exercise, because this is a very helpful way to get a sense of this choiceless awareness and watching how the attention is um, pulled from aspect to aspect. So it's a pretty simple exercise. We sit in pairs. And one person will be doing the mindfulness out loud, and the other person will be listening. And in that, uh, I'll describe the listening part first, because it's the easier part. In the listening, you are simply hearing what your partner is saying and noticing in your own experience what is happening to you. What is your response of hearing this person describe their experience. Just notice that. For the person doing the mindfulness out loud, there's a structure to it. I like to encourage people to actually say a phrase, now I am aware of, and then in that moment, at that that point in the phrase, say what you are aware of. Now, there's different ways to do this. And for those of you who have done this before, uh, I really want to encourage you to, you know, just say the phrase, launch into the phrase. You don't have to know what you're going to say when you get to that point in the phrase. The, the, The point is to kind of recognize what is attention noticing in that moment. To, to recognize that. And you may see that the awareness kind of goes to many things or the attention goes to many things that you don't get a chance to say, and that's okay. So just um, now I'm aware of and then what you are aware of in that moment. Now, a lot of what you may be aware of is physical experience. You may be aware of, you know, pressures and um, pulsings and vibrations and sound and sight. Because I would like to encourage you to do this with your eyes open, although you do not need to look at the other person. You know, no need to do the kind of, you know, deep soul-gazing thing in the eyes. (laughs) That's not what this is about. you know, it's, it's really about an internal exploration. But with eyes open supports, you know, in our daily life practice, our eyes are open most of the time. So let's include this aspect of experience in this exploration. So you can look around the room um, and, you know, just kind of notice. You might notice that, you know, your, your attention gets pulled to things. And um, so you might notice that physical part of your experience. But don't ignore the fact that there's also a mental component going on. You know, there, um, there may be reactions to the exercise itself. 
you know, feelings of resistance or annoyance or irritation about the exercise itself. Um, there might be a sense of, uh, you know, confusion around, there's so many things, what, what do I say? You know, there's so many things that the mind is noticing, what do, what do I actually choose to speak? So confusion is happening. Um, sometimes you might notice, because of the structure of the exercise, you might notice in that moment, now I'm aware of, that the, 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 the mind is kind of uncomfortable uh, just noticing what attention is already paying attention to, and you notice that attention is kind of trying to figure out what it's paying attention to. That's a quality of searching. So you can say, now I'm aware of searching. You also might notice in that moment um, that there's a sense of generally knowing, but not really a clear understanding of what attention is noticing. In that moment, you can say, now I'm aware of knowing. So there are... um, some mental things that are likely to come in, don't ignore those. Those are part of the exercise. You, you might think, oh, that's not part of the exercise because I'm trying to figure out what to say. But it is, it is part of the exercise. What is the mind doing? It's kind of bringing you into a space where you um, are kind of highlighting just what, 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 is the attention already noticing? If there's anything else I want to say, is there, are there any questions? Yeah, Sophia. So, uh, <clears throat> like, well, certain objects, like you might be aware that you want to keep looking at them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you could explore, like, what feelings are arising. Try to get in touch with that and express that. Like, you, you don't want to leave the, the thing that you're aware of. I keep it really simple in mm-hmm. terms of um, or just like turn what's, what's obvious in that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you notice that you're, you're aware of seeing, um, and then you notice that there's an impulse to keep seeing like that, you know, keep looking, you could just notice a, a wanting or um, kind of um, clinging. impulse or clinging, yeah, something like that, you know, just notice just what is obvious about it. No need to kind of like think, okay, I want to understand underneath that what's the emotional. If the emotional thing is obvious there, you can you can state that, but there's this practice is more about just noticing what's obvious on the surface. It's it's a it's a real just exploration of what is right directly apparent in that moment. So so no need to kind of dive in. If that diving in happens, that's what's happening. You know, noticing investigation, curiosity is happening. Now, I'd also encourage you in this exploration, particularly around physical sensations, um, there's no need to describe to your partner what it is that you are aware of. So, for instance, 
you don't have to say, now I'm aware of seeing the green of the exit sign, or now I'm aware of seeing the chair. Just seeing, now I'm aware of seeing. Yeah, just, just keep it at that level of the sense base. Now I'm aware of seeing. You don't need to. You know what you're seeing. It's helpful for you to know that, but you don't need to, uh, to go further than that. Now I'm aware of seeing. Now I'm aware of hearing. It doesn't have to be now I'm aware of hearing that loud motorcycle. Just now I'm aware of hearing. That also helps to, to take us more directly into what is actually happening. That, you know, that yata bhuta I talked about, that actuality of what's happening. Five aggregates. The, the, this is the six sense bases actually here, the body divided into the five seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching, and the mental experience. Um, it's helpful in touch sensation to get perhaps a little more finely refined than now I'm aware of, of sensing to get to the, to the sense of, okay, now I'm aware of vibration, cold, you know, heat, coolness, the four element aspect of the body. Uh, it's not, it's, I would suggest not, um, not seeing if you can uh, stay more in the direct experience than the conceptual aspect. Um, so, for instance, now I'm aware of coolness as opposed to now I'm aware of my hands, my hands feeling cool. You know, so the, the now I'm aware of my hands is kind of comes after the coolness in a way. Um, so the exploration is, is trying to touch into the actuality of experience. So now I'm aware. So in the sense, in the sense doors, seeing if you can stick with the, the bare experience of what's happening. Now I'm aware of tension, pressure. Um, and likewise in the mind, um, you know, you can... You can um, perhaps notice a little more refinement in terms of now more of thinking, planning, remembering. But again, you don't need to say what you're planning about or thinking about. Or you may notice emotions, irritation or annoyance. Again, you don't need to say what you are annoyed about. Just keeping it away from the story, away from the ideas, the thoughts around it, just to the experience that is directly happening. Any other questions around this. Yeah, Sue. I'm just wondering if it might be helpful for, you know, you to pair with somebody and then do a couple minutes. Well, I'm going to do a little bit out loud right now. Okay. <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah. So I'll just do it for, you know, a few of the 30 seconds or so. Oh, did you have a question? So if I was, uh, let's say I'm remembering the, how angry I was at the guy who cut me off at the freeway an hour ago. So I would say I'm aware of emotion. Well, right? you could say anger. Okay. Um, if you don't feel comfortable being revelatory about anger, you could say now I'm aware of emotion. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know what you're aware of. That's the main thing. Uh, you could also say that might, that might arise in two stages. It might be, now I'm aware of remembering. Now I'm aware of anger. <laughs> first there's the memory of the, of the guy, and then there's the anger that arises. 
Um, all right, so let me just do this for a moment, a few moments. So now I'm aware of dryness. Now I'm aware of vibration. Now I'm aware of hearing. Now I'm aware of dryness. Now I'm aware of quivering. Now I'm aware of seeing. Now I'm aware of looking. Now I'm aware of amusement. Now I'm aware of tension. Now I'm aware of looking. Now I'm aware of movement. Now I'm aware of not sure of the word. Now I'm aware of hearing, etc. So um, let's get into pairs, um, and I assume Irv will come back in a minute. <laughs> Um, and um, we'll do this for, let's see, five minutes each, five minutes of mindfulness out loud, and then the, the second person will do the five minutes of mindfulness. Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you could just turn to somebody nearby and, um, uh, yeah, we won't record this part, yeah. So I want to hear how that was for you, both on the uh, doing the exercise part and um, on the listening part and in particular interested in noticing that attention aspect. Victor. Um, I have a question um, as to the... I tend to note bare sensation, just cut it down to sensation, vibration, hearing, even hearings like already constructed. To what extent is it useful to construct more or just get it down to the bare metal? It's, it's I mean, I would imagine there is, um, with whatever you do, there's going to be results that will be different from if you do bare versus slightly constructed. Well, the, um, the exercise is kind of about seeing if you can recognize what is obvious obviously already known. So, um, you know, part of that might be, um, you know, that you're obviously knowing the bare experience. And that's extremely helpful, actually, as an exercise to come into the bare experience. Because we don't do that, and we um, so quickly construct that we don't recognize the difference between that bare experience and the construction. But it's also helpful to um, 
to recognize that construction process. So, you know, hearing, you might notice hearing and then immediately recognize or know that there's the perception of car or the perception of motorcycle. And to not dismiss that as something that the attention is, is doing, that the, that the awareness is, that the, the mind is doing, that actually the perception is doing that aspect. And if the, if the um, attention is on that aspect of perceiving and constructing, no, no constructing, yeah. You can, you can recognize that as what is happening. Mm-hmm. To, to not ignore the construction process because that construction process is actually the springboard from which we launch into everything else. Everything else, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that perceptual process very quickly moves into thinking, then mental proliferation. There's, there's the, the sutta that so clearly describes that process of how that mental proliferation is born out of the process of perception and constructing into thinking about, into mentally proliferating about. <laughs> Use the mic. There's another one somewhere. So labeling is part of the construction? The la- you in fact, yes. Label it. That's not noting. It's just part of the the beginning of the construction. So, well, that's what you're saying. Um, just notice that you're labeling the uh, the perceptual process. Often comes as a labeling, a mental labeling. Like you might, as a car drives by, hear the word car in your mind. That's the construction process happening. There's an intentional aspect that we're using here in this exercise around um, naming what is noticed. And it's very close to that automatic kind of construction, but it's intentional. So the labeling process is extra. The the labeling process that we're doing in the exercise is extra on top of that automatic construction process. As far as safety is concerned... You know, I think it's probably good to label certain things. Like if you're hiking in the backwoods and you hear a rumbling, you better run. <laughs> you know, and it's snowing. I'm yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. the higher elevations. Absolutely. So you, you, know, the, make, you have to make quick decisions about what that might be to save your life. I'm not I don't know how saying you, that uh, we're not supposed to pay attention to our perceptions. I mean, as, you know, the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> I'm getting it all confused. <laughs> That's how we live our lives. <laughs> the, uh, the, the confusion that happens is around that perceptual process of uh, being confused with, um, you know, that, that the, 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 the perceptual process is something that happens in the mind. So the noticing of the rumbling has happened in the mind. There's a meaning that's happening in the mind around that and a response that can happen around that. And it, it's, it's happening in the mind. There's something happening in the world around it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, a complete mind-only kind of person. I actually think there are things out there that we are responding to. Um, and yes, you know, walking across the street, it's a really good idea to recognize that form and color rapidly approaching getting larger is a car. <laughs> but I mean, somewhere, you know, this process is 
you know, as you know, uh, not helpful. Yes. And, and that's so, what we're here for. We're trying to get it down, all this extraneous stuff that we, we, like the Buddha calls the second arrow, where we keep constructing and we have these long stories. And as soon as we see sometimes a certain object, we're into the story and then we're not present. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to work on. Yes. And, but you know, but and it seeing... obscures when it's really necessary. And that's why we're here. We're trying to sieve you know, all this unnecessary stuff so that we're just there for when we actually, we need the attention, we need to perceive it, and we need to act. That's what we're, we're trying to get down to that. We are, we are trying to get down to that, to recognize the extraneousness of many of our thoughts. Um, there was a, another piece that came by in your discussion. And also the recognizing the process of the mind constructing perception is a it's a it's a it's a very helpful place in terms of seeing how that launch begins so to recognize that beginning initial perception of seeing a form and color rapidly approaching getting larger as car is a perceptual process and and to respond to it i mean we will kind of automatically respond to it unless we're in a deep deep state of concentration and then it's probably not a good idea to be walking on the street <laughs> so so um we is do is it helpful to avoid labels by just labeling things that you hear see and taste like you know just pleasant unpleasant neutral doesn't that help block the construction uh, it's a different aspect this is beautiful this is ugly then you start clinging in aversion. It's another and we're thing. not actually trying to block the construction process. Oh. We're trying to recognize it oh. as a process that's happening. We can't block the construction process. It's an automatic process. The perceptual process, the process of feeling, the process of knowing, of consciousness, these are automatic processes that are going on constantly, whether or not we're paying attention to them. And we can't stop them, but we can become aware of them. And the confusion that often happens for us is that we, particularly around perception, mistake the perception and the thoughts around it for uh, something um, other than it is. (laughs) So are there any other um, comments? We've got a couple more minutes. Yeah, Linda. I'm aware of I'm aware of, of how some things get started with me and they get to be really obsessive and I, I don't know how to do it except to give an example. Um, I inherited a whole lot of memorabilia from um, an elderly relative and it's very interesting memorabilia. And then um, Joanne's fabric has shadow boxes on sale, half price. And, <laughs> and so now I'm trying to match up all of this memorabilia, all of it, with the perfect shadow box. And I have cornered the market on half price shadow boxes. <laughs> and <laughs> I am suffering. <laughs> but I see how this all arose. And um, so now I'm pretty obsessed with um, not only getting 
the perfect shape, but the perfect color, black or white, of a shadow box for all this memorabilia that's years, was years in accumulating. And then now it has extended to my own collection of, of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, shadow boxes are never going to be half price again. <laughs> and so I have to figure out a way to back out of this. You know, I see how it started, and it just grew and grew and grew. And um, now I have both black and white shadow boxes in every size. You know, um, and that seems to be all I can think about. So I suggest that you, in the you, seeing the suffering of it, which I think you're at the point of seeing that suffering of it, <laughs> um, <coughs> connecting with that experience of the uncomfortableness, the sense of having to do something, needing to figure out all of that. Can you bring your attention to the feeling, the emotional component underneath it? Because when we get in, that, what you're talking about really is papancha, that, that uh, mental proliferation. Um, the mind run amok, as I said the other night. Um, it's, it's, it's that um, the mind that has leaped onto something and just won't let it go. And then it creates a view like, I have to do this. You know, it, it, we, we buy into the belief that that papancha is creating. And then we see the world through that belief and it's, we can't let it go. So coming back, as much as you can, letting go of the thoughts around the shadow boxes and the memorabilia and coming back into the kind of dissatisfactory feeling, the uncomfortable feeling. Um, you may at some point come to a little more balance around the obsession, at which point you may be able to pick up one shadow box and some memorabilia and work with it and then put that down. <laughs> you know, so you might also work in the world with um, letting go of doing around the shadow boxes for a week in the favor of just observing. And then after a week... <laughs> So notice, notice the grasping there. <laughs> and we need to stop. Can I read up on Papancha, whatever? whatever. Um, it's in the suttas. <laughs> so thank you all. I'll see you this evening. <laughs> <laughs>